Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Um, I have a couple things I want to share with you. We're doing, we're doing something a little bit different today. We, we just had a bunch of men, uh, about 20 men from our church, go to a men's summit over the weekend, like a camp. And at that men's summit, our lives were profoundly impacted uh, by the worship, by the preaching, by the personal times of ministry. We were rocked. And we've got, we've got four men in our service today that are going to give testimonies about what God did in their lives um, before that happens, I want to kind of set the stage and, and share a few thoughts with you uh, to kind of prepare the way for, for what we experience this weekend. Um, but before we do anything, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. So can we pray together? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being here all morning, uh, not just here, but in us and with us, alongside of us. Thank you for the way you're ministering to people's lives. You're speaking hope. You're speaking faith and encouragement. Thank you for reminding us that you're a miracle-working God, that you are the same, Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever, as it says in Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you're the unchanging God, and that you continue to work in every generation and in every nation for all time. Thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would bless this time in testimony, this time in Scripture, and you would breathe the breath of life on it, and uh, Lord, that you would encourage and lift us up in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to share with you a text of Scripture. Uh, I have it on my phone. I, I never normally do this, but I, I'm going to share this with you today, um, something that I felt like God dropped in my heart in the first service about what we were doing. So this is 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. And before I read it, a little background. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a church in the city, the, the um, Greco-Roman city of Corinth. And Corinth, the Corinthians, had all kinds of issues. But they were really zealous for God. They were zealous for gifts. They were zealous for knowledge. And, uh, but they had a lot of character flaws, a lot of immorality, a lot of sin issues in their church. And so he wrote a letter to him, and he's giving his concluding thoughts, you know, kind of like, you know, when, when myself or, or Noah or Pastor Raul get up here and, and we say, you know, something like, you know, my, my closing thoughts are, or to wrap things up, or as I will sometimes say, uh, as I come in for a landing, or as I circle the airport, or, you know, whatever, whatever terminology, he's giving a number of concluding thoughts. And he says this in verse 13. It's a really interesting verse. It kind of stands out with the rest of them. He says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith. Listen to this next verse, next part of the verse. Act like men. Be strong. Isn't that kind of weird? Just to insert that, act like men. So, so let me read it again. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Now, if we understand context and we understand the ancient world and the culture of that time, we know that Paul is using warfare language. He's using the language of battle. And he breaks it down. Each part, be watchful, speaks of, the, in the ancient world, most cities had walls around them. And those walls had walkways and turrets. And, and these different watchmen would, would walk on the walls and watch over the horizon 
And down at the base of the wall, they would always be on the lookout 24 hours a day. They had different watchmen on the wall that would look out for invading armies, for potential issues, for natural disasters. Their job was to keep on alert and be aware of what was going on and prepare the city. And if something went on, it was their job to cry out and pass that knowledge on so that the king and the armies could muster, so people could get ready for you know a natural disaster if there was a really bad storm coming. These watchmen had a really important part to play. The second thing it says here is stand firm in the faith. Now, if you've ever taken any kind of combat training or, or you've ever been into boxing or fighting or MMA or martial arts or anything like that, you know that your base is everything. What you do here is everything, right? Even in, in a lot of sports, your base is everything. Your stance is so important and you want to be sure your base is strong because if your base is weak, if you're not standing firm, you can be taken down really quickly. You're in trouble. And Paul, again, is using the language of a warrior. These warriors are getting ready to go into battle, and he's saying, stand firm in the faith. Get your base solid, get your stance good, and be ready. Be ready. Stand firm in the faith. And I think that's, that's good information for us, isn't it? So be watchful. Watch out. Be aware. Be alert. Know what's going on around you. Be aware of your circumstances. Be aware of the time that you live. Be aware of the fact that there are cultural forces, there are spiritual forces alive and at work in our time that are coming after you, that are trying to take you down, trying to take down your your family, trying to take down your marriage, trying to take off your children. Amen. Am I talking to anybody? I'm trying to shake you up and wake you up, amen? Do you understand? We live in a time when there are forces at work in our world that hate you and hate what you stand for as a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to make, make them, quote-unquote, your enemy, but the Scripture makes it clear that we have three enemies as believers. The system of the age, the world, the Bible calls it. It doesn't mean the earth. It means the systems that are arrayed against God. The flesh which isn't our bodies, but it's the, it's the rebellion in our bodies. It's the sin in our bodies and in our members and in our minds that is against God. It's those cravings, those desires for things that are unlawful that we know aren't right. Those, that's the flesh. And the last one is the devil. And we see that in the scripture. And you say, oh, no, he's talking about the devil, a little guy with pitchfork and a you know, pointy tail. No, a spiritual being and other spiritual beings who bring darkness and evil into our world. And if you've, ever, if you've ever experienced somebody, for instance, that is going through a liberation, a deliverance from demonic presence, if you've ever seen that or been around that, you know that the devil is very real. And there are, there are forces at work in our world to take us down. So he's saying, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, and then listen to this, act like men. What does that mean? I mean, a lot of the ladies out here right now, they're like, yeah, what is up with that? Act like, man, what does that even mean? Well, what it means is, if you look at other translations, it means be courageous. Be courageous. Stand up and face things. Quit running. Quit, you know, quit giving up at the moment it's hardest. Act like men. Be strong and then be strong. Now, what does this have to do with where, where I'm going? Well, we had a weekend up in the mountains with about 200 men the last couple days, and, and we worshiped with all of our hearts passionately. And we heard messages that were really challenging 
kind of get punched right between the eyes in some cases, and also encouraging and lifting, and we prayed for one another. Men let down their barriers, bravado and machismo went out the door, and in the place of them, there was transparency and openness and vulnerability. Yeah, words men love, right? Vulnerable. And let, let's be honest, listen, I'm not trying to just, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to just operate in stereotypes, but let's be honest, men and ladies, women are way better about connecting, about being open about their lives, and men are isolators, men are lone rangers. Somewhere our culture has taught us we don't need each other, we got this. I'll even hear, hear men say that, I got this, when the reality is, no, you don't, you're a train wreck. You don't got this, and you need help. You need brothers. And what we did is we got together, we worshiped God, we bared our hearts with one another. And you know what was so fun? Kind of what Delene shared this morning. I saw a bunch of men, in some ways, become like little boys, laughing, crying, praying for each other. I'm talking, these are men's men, too, right? Like, you know, we're up there shooting guns and and doing, you know, climbing exercise, just all kinds of stuff. Guys up there just doing fun stuff and at the same time being really open before God. And I have to say it was one of the most impactful men's retreats, advances, summits I've ever been a part of, uh, maybe the best I've ever been a part of, really, really good. And, uh, and we have some men who were rocked and whose lives were really impacted. So uh, with that said, I'm going to ask... Leland and Anthony and Jacob and Kevin to come on up here. And I want you to give it up for these gentlemen. Come on. Come on up here, gentlemen. Wow, that worked out great, didn't it? Look at him. That's a, wow. I didn't notice that in the first service. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, not at all, bro. So this is Kevin Spees, and Kevin's been with our, our church for a long time, and he's a great brother, and he's got a really powerful word to share with you, a really powerful message of what God did in his life. So I want you to encourage him as he speaks, okay? And uh, if he says something good, give him an amen. If any of these guys say something good, give him an amen. And even if what they say isn't so good, give him an amen, okay? Encourage them. Kevin, tell us what the Lord did in your life this weekend, what he showed you, what he spoke to you, how he impacted you. So I um, had a good reflection this morning because I was like praying about like, I need to write this down. I need to write this down. So I wrote it down this morning, but before I read that, I'll give you a little background. I've gone to this retreat four years in a row. The very first year, oh my gosh, God just, he wrecked me. I mean, I'm there in worship praying and God just starts speaking to me, telling me I created you. I designed you. I'm like, yeah, Lord, I know, I know. Yeah, I made you, so I designed you, put the hairs on your head, all that. You know what it says in the Bible? Yes, Lord, I know. And then he comes up with, I made you for greatness. And I was like, no, Lord, you didn't. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't receive that. I don't know what you mean by that. Hmm. He's like, I made you for greatness. That's who I am. I'm like, okay, Lord, you did. But I've been going through this process of just trying to understand that, trying to accept it. And I've had such a hard time doing that. So I went to the retreat the following year. It was good. But I came with these expectations, and I guess it just fell short. And then the third year I came in, kind of came in with these 
expectations once again, and, and it was good, but yet it just kind of fell short. It just wasn't like the first one. And this one I came to, and I, I came with no expectations. I was like, I'm just going to go to have fun, man. Maybe shoot some guns or something. Didn't actually end up shooting, but God just came through and wrecked me again. And so I'm going to read you what I wrote down. Let me so, just say, yep. ironically, the two years where he didn't really get deeply impacted by God, I was the keynote speaker. So I hope that doesn't, <laughs> I hope there's not. That had nothing to no, do with no, it. Okay. <laughs> nothing. Well, you're just like me. No. <laughs> All right. So I wrote, after coming home from the retreat, I am reminded that God is faithful. Ironically, that's the last worship song we sung. First service, I was praying, so I didn't know that. I'm seeing it here. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) He sees us even when we don't feel seen. He cares for us even when we feel forgotten about or simply overlooked. I'm short in stature, so I feel overlooked a lot. I have felt overlooked for the majority of my life. I have lived the majority of my life with low self-esteem, not believing I am anything special. But now, more than ever before, I feel seen, and I feel noticed. I feel different. Mm -hmm. Four years ago at my first retreat, God met me and let me know he didn't just create me, but he made me for greatness. Amen. Like, and I truly believe he made you guys for greatness because I I believe God didn't make crap. And if you feel like you're crap, and I felt felt pretty crappy for a lot of my life, like, I'm just whatever, I'm a turd, I smell sometimes. And then he's like, no, 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 that's not you. That's the, that's the devil speaking to you, and you're letting that's him right. tell that you these right. sayings, and, Amen. and you need to listen to me, not him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was simply in shock, denial, and disbelief when he told me that, saying, not me, God. You have the wrong guy. Realizing now, after various moments and experience in my life, I not only see what he was saying, but I, am, I can now believe it. Hmm. That is simply a boast for his glory, not for me, because without him, I am nothing. Hmm. You see, even though I am below the average height for a male, 5'9", I believe is the average, I'm not the greatest looking guy in the room, and I possibly don't say all the right things at the right time, I will always try to love you guys and everybody else I encounter and see you like Jesus does. Amen. That is on my Come heart. On. So God puts this on my heart, and this is kind of a, a verse that just really has transformed my mindset and my life. God sees us differently. So God's thoughts are not ours, and His ways are not ours. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are His ways higher than ours, and His thoughts than ours. That's Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. Hmm. God is faithful, and at the right time, His time, He got my attention and gave me what I needed. He's broken me again in just the right way. I am so thankful that I have given myself the opportunity to go and meet him on a vacation away from my distractions. And that's what this retreat was. It was truly a vacation. Taking two days off work, sacrificing that time. Thankfully, I have an awesome wife who held down the fort and was willing. She's like, yep, go. I know you need this. God transform him. No, (laughs) bring him back different, you know. (laughs) Yeah, please, God. Treat me better. Yeah, doing, doing what I need to do. Um, So, distractions that tend to lead to death. I realize in the proper time, God sees me and he cares for me. Sometimes I need to just meet him. When I do and I don't carry any of my own expectations, which I feel a lot of us Mm. do, Mm. he shows up big. He shows up big because his expectations are much bigger. So, things at this retreat that 
put in perspective, I got to meet different men and I got to hear their testimonies. I mean, there's about five or six other guys. I literally just got to sit down and have a conversation with them. I was like, tell me about yourself. What's going on? And just sitting there and listening and just seeing this goodness of God is faithfulness of yeah, God over on. and over again. Amen. Uh, one thing that was big for me, and some of you guys are like, okay, was I got to play in the three-on-three tournament. Now, it's big for me because I'm not a big dude, and I'm not really a basketball player. I grew up wrestling, but I just love sports, and I love camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And the dudes who play normally are like, we're going to win this thing. I'm like, I just want to play. And they're like, we're going to win it. I'm like, well, maybe not with me, but maybe I should sit aside. And years pass, it's almost like I feel like I've gotten bumped for somebody else even, so I'm overlooked again. And this year, I'm playing with two studs, two studs I played basketball with before, and they know my abilities, and they're like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll let you go on with us. <laughs> and one of them, I think, was like, we could cut him and get somebody else, I'm sorry. You know, but he's like, okay, okay, we'll do it. So we are playing this tournament, and I'm playing with dudes that are bigger than me, but I'm just giving everything I have. And what was cool in that was just the brotherhood and the battle of sports yeah. in that realm where it's like, I got your back. I'm going to do everything I can for you. And they're like, hey. We're keeping you with us. We want you on the battlefield with us. And it was like, God just saw my heart, and that's what I needed. And I told those gentlemen later, I'm like, thank you. You don't realize what you have done through God to work in me as he has seen me again, and I needed that. Wow. So this retreat gave me friendships, and it has before. Jacob, I met him two years ago at a retreat. That was just the biggest blessing in the world. He's like my big little brother. He's younger than me. It's hard to believe. Uh, <laughs> so friendships, bonds, love, transformation, and most importantly, truth. God's truthfulness has just set me free from so many things. Um, he gave me a renewal, um, healing of relationships, growth, uh, fire from heaven, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, identity, and just understanding of it all. Help me understand what's going on. So I've gotten mercy. I've gotten grace. And us all understand God's faithfulness and just it all. It's just wrapped up together. So. It's awesome. So I, I highly encourage if you uh, didn't take up the opportunity that next year you prioritize and you can do that. So, Amen. Good job, Kevin. Let's give it up for him. Great job, bro. This is Jacob. And, uh, and before you say anything about how mean he looks, I just want you to know he's a real sweetheart. <laughs> Go, Jacob. It's an inside uh, joke. Yeah. Well, I'll share it, I guess. Uh, I shared that in the, in the first service. My wife tells me all the time her co-workers when I go bring her coffee. She's like, you look so mean. And then uh, I'm like, well, come up to the mentor tree. I'm going to see a guy bawling everywhere, yeah. sobbing all over himself. And honestly, that's, that's what happens up there, man. Like, like Doug said, you're maybe the first day you come and you're a man, man. You know? yeah. But by that night, you're, your shields are down. You mm. want brother. You want to be sharpened. Mm. And that's, that's really what, I mean, every year, I've gone three years, and yeah, I met Kevin, and every year I've, I come back, and I'm sharp, I'm ready, I'm on fire, man, and, and then the world says no, and then I start to fade, and then this year it was, it was Rona, right? Corona just happened, and mm-hmm. I faded off, but it, even though I'm going like this, man, the world's, the, the Lord's still working in me, and the world's telling right. me this, and I'm come doing on. this. That's right. But, man, I'm telling you this men's retreat. Is right here. The Lord's right there, and this ministry always brings me right back there. And I come back, and it's beautiful. I mean, I'm I'm I was nervous about going to work tomorrow, but now I'm excited, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch all these people like Jacob's not cussing. Right Jacob's on. not Jacob's not doing this. Come on. And and at first, it, at first, I'll be honest with you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
At first, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I was worried. Like, I'm going to go back, and they're going to be saying this. And that's the devil. Just, yeah. Just, and so that, if I got to tell you guys anything, man, it, that's what it is. So when, when you say, oh, I should go pray for that person, like, and you think that, just go. Just don't even think about Just go. The Come Lord on. will meet you there every time. Guaranteed. That's right. That's right. That is absolutely. And if you're hesitating, that's, that's, the, that's the fear. That's, yeah. that's your flesh. The world, what it, whichever one it may be, something's yeah. telling you and holding you back from doing the Lord's work. That's right. And man, if you're like, if you're trying to get a breakthrough, man, this is it. This will yeah. bring you back. Amen. Every time, and and I I, re- I I kind of rely on it. And they talked about that too, man. And, and this year, I feel like I've taken a turn. A lot of things they talked about up there. Um, um, mighty men being mighty men of God, being uncomfortable. So. If you're yeah, explain that a little bit. If you're Being yeah, uncomfortable, if you're, what's that mean? If you're uncomfortable, if so for, for me, it's I'm uncomfortable up here. I'm not. I don't get up and talk in front of crowds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Pastor Doug, I don't, he's been doing it for years. Maybe he's more comfortable, but I guarantee you, the Lord's going to tell you to do something, and you don't want to do it. Yeah, and it could be huge. Um, there's a guy Reuben up there at the mm-hmm. men's retreat. Lord told him, you, "You're moving in 30 to 60 days, mm-hmm. like that. 30 to 60 days, mm-hmm. you're moving from San Diego." To Newport, yeah, Washington, and he and this guy's amazing. He obeyed the Lord, met him every way. He didn't pay for anything. They mm-hmm. he somebody came with a oh we'll move you and moved him over. He didn't pay yeah. for that. He found jobs right away. His wife found a job right away. Roofing for eight months for free. Hmm. Like so, just just have faith Come in on, the Lord. Man. Just have God faith says. in the Lord, and he will he will meet you every time. Beautiful. Great word, bro. I mean, just come, just come. Amen. Don't don't miss it. And I, I promise, you, if you come, you won't want to miss another year. Right on, Dominique. If he's in here, <laughs> no, he's, not. he's not. Good job, bro. Hey, Amen. Let's give it up for Jacob. <laughs> this is Anthony, and uh, I think this was your first year going, right, yes. Anthony? And um, I want to I want to go ahead and put the photos up here. I want you to see these photos. So. This is me hugging Anthony after I just baptized him. He got water baptized up there. Right on. That was awesome. Anthony, tell us what God did in your heart and what he did in your life. You want me to open your notebook for you? Oh, it's fine. I, you got it memorized. Oh, okay. Kind of. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh. Um, so I didn't share this with the first service, but I'm going to tell you what led me to the men's weekend and then being baptized. So at a young age, um, I struggled with a lot of speed bumps. Um, you know, molestation, drugs as a preteen, and it continued throughout my uh, teenage years. Um, I was out of my house at 17 years old. Hmm. Pray to God, bring me back home. I'd make my way down here in Moses. I'm from Moses Lake. And somehow I just turned left, found my mom, cried my eyes out. I was back home. Wow. And I prayed for a life-changing moment, and then that whole summer probably became the best summer of my life. I met my wife. <laughs> I met my wife. And then a couple months later, me and her conceived a baby, our first child, Paris. And then a couple months after that, I lost my best friend to a car wreck. Yeah. Um, uh, and then at that point, I felt like I was pretty stuck once again. Mm-hmm. But I looked at it as I lost someone, but I gained someone in return, my daughter. So mm-hmm. he's up there watching over her mm-hmm. as today. And I've been trying to search for God for a while, but I had that barrier where I, 
I couldn't raise my hand during worship. I was constantly that guy just scanning the room, you know, and I, I knew that I needed to find someone. I thought maybe I can go out to the woods and God was going to find me there. You know, there's going to be a campfire. He's going to be on a lounge chair and we're going to have a good old conversation. <laughs> and I wanted that type of experience. And then next, you know, it, we get this men's summit and I was like, wow, that's perfect. I got the woods. We got guns. We got cornhole, you name it. Like it was a great experience to go to. And I wasn't planning on getting baptized. I wish I would have. Cause I'm like, Hey, there's a river there. Maybe Doug wanted to dip me in there real quick. Um, uh, <laughs> But the opportunity came, and they said, hey, we're doing baptisms the next day. So I called up my family. I'm like, hey, are you going to be mad if I get baptized if you guys aren't here? They're like, no, this is your choice. You do it. And so I took that step, and I found Doug right away. I walked around the campground. He found him, baptized me that morning, and it was truly life-changing, guys. Yeah. I, when I came out of that water, I felt like I shot a game-winning buzzer beater. Men were screaming, giving me hugs. I don't it was even incredible. know. You. Yes. Yeah. And like I said at first service, it was really ironic to be with a bunch of guys and we're all crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So, uh, guys, if you're trying to find God, go here because everyone else is there for the same thing and everyone's here to back you up and they're going to help you. Amen. Good job, Anthony. Good job. He did really good, didn't he? Come on, man. That was great. Great, great testimony. Amen. Amen. Can you give it up for Leland? You'll see a picture up here. This is Leland, and we also water baptized him. You can tell I had some help. Aren't you glad I had... When I saw that I was going to have to lift him out of the water, I'm like, I, I, he heard me even. I said, hey, I need some help. <laughs> no, he said you need some big people. Need, yeah, I need some big what? People. Big people. Here, so go ahead and take the microphone. Go. Oh, okay. Don't yeah, and uh, keep it up there close to your mouth. Right here? Yes, right can they there. they hear me? Yes, they can okay. hear you. Okay. And uh, I love this guy. Leland has a heart after God, and God's been really rocking his world the last couple of years. And I'm going to hold his notes for him, and he's going to read to you what the Lord did in his I'm life. I'm going to try without crying, because I don't. I don't cry. Sometimes I do. All right. Oh, goodness gracious. Do they hear that too? Yes, okay. they oh. hear it all, bro. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, don't know much about being a leader or a disciple yet, but man, God sure worked, worked on me at this summit men's conference this weekend. Okay. Multiple men came up to me to talk about their testimonies, and I usually walk away, but I just stood there like a good man and gave them part of, part of my testimony. Hmm. It was such a blessing for me not to think it was too much and to walk away like I wasn't scared or nothing. Hmm. And oh, God really put, the, put his hands on me and said to me there, for men and to be a man for men and be a good man. Hmm. Two individuals really touched my heart with their testimonies. One name was Brandon. Oh. On that gentleman was in a wheelchair. After his accident, he nearly lost his leg two months ago and found God. And 
got baptized yesterday too. Amen. <laughs> right after me, and I didn't even know he was standing behind me. Yeah. Was well, really cool. he was he was standing out of his wheelchair. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second person name is Connor. He really touched my heart too. A young boy that had a heart condition, and now he's having surgery on the second of next month. I'm not going to cry yet. I think, I'm I'm trying not to think about crying. I think, and I saw, Saw saw him singing at our last service before we came home yesterday, and the Holy Spirit said to me, while I was crying and singing, told me to go over and put your hands on him, which I don't do very often, and let him know I will take care of him, and he is a fighter just like you are. So I did. I was Mm -hmm. like, well, the Holy Spirit's telling me to do it. I better do it. Amen. God has blessed me, and he has blessings for us all. Amen. Amen. And I have I have this this little Bible app thing, this little Bible app thing on my phone, and I haven't checked it in a while. And this morning, for some reason, I hit I hit my Bible app, which is weird for me to do on a Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. And it brought up the verse of the day, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the Holy Spirit almost slapped me and said, "Just put it at the end of your." Your thing when you go up to the front. So it's on Acts 2, verse 38. And I actually got one of these computerized phones. Uh, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Great job, Leland. Great job, brother. Can you say thank you to these men? Give it up for them. Thank you, gentlemen. Great job. Great job. Great job. I want to wrap this up with a few thoughts for you. And um, it's just going to take me a few minutes, but... I I was thinking about what is it that makes an event like this so powerful? You ever you ever notice? You know, youth go to go to a camp, kids go to a camp, uh, men or women go to a conference, or they go to something like this, a, a summit or an advance, and they come home with stories. They come home rocked. They come home having been impacted. And 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 the question is that we often ask is: Is there something about the place? Is there something holy about that camp? In particular, is there something holy about the place that they go that makes you know God more near, God more real? And of course, the answer is what? No. What is the difference? And you know, you could come up with a long list, but I've I've identified three things that really make a difference between an event like that and let's say a common Sunday like we're having right now. A regular Sunday. Not that God doesn't work powerfully, but well, what's the difference? Why does it seem like worship is more intense or, and, and people are hungrier and, and it seems like the word finds its mark and, and, and it changes people? Why do people come away from those encounters with their lives being changed? 
And yet we don't see that as often, maybe on a, a Sunday service or at a weekend church event. And the three reasons I've come up with are prayer, preparation, and expectation. Now, when I say expectation, I don't mean what Kevin said. I don't mean expectations like, God, it has to be this way and look like that. I mean expectations that God is going to meet you and move and work in your life. Now, I have a challenge for you. Will you let me challenge you as a pastor? Church? That's part of my job, right? Here is my challenge for you. I want to throw this out there. What if when you were coming into a weekend gathering with your church family or going to a church-related event or a service, you began to pray, prepare, and expect? Or if we put them, you know, we, you want to come up with a fun little word, we can say pep, right? Pray, expect, and prepare. See, when you go to a camp like that, people have worked hard. Worship teams have practiced, put together their sets, right? There's been all of the setup of the, of the venue, food is prepared, teams are prepared, you know, they sell merch, it's, it's all done. There's been months and months of preparation, there's been promotion going on. They're getting the place ready, they're getting their leaders ready, they're getting their hearts ready, and then they begin to pray into that, and everybody's praying, and they're praying, God, I pray you would meet the men this weekend, and I pray that men that are struggling in their marriages would have their marriages changed, and men that are bound by addictions would be delivered from that addiction. And men that are in, lost in sin or don't even know you would be liberated. And men that need healing would be healed. And, and, and everybody begins to pray. And there's this concentrated focus on God meeting people. Isn't it interesting? He does. It's almost like, you know, if you ask God to do things that are in accordance with His will, He'll do them. How weird. Right? And so people are preparing. People are praying and then, I've seen this every time. Now, sometimes guys go, you know, they're tired. Life has beat them up. They're going through a struggle in their marriage or at their job. And maybe they don't have great expectation. But there's a deep hope. See, sometimes even if you don't have great expectation, you do have hope. And even hope is powerful. Hope even moves the heart of God, right? And people will come to an event like that and they're like, man, I hope God meets me this weekend. I'm a mess. I need a touch. I need, I need to meet him. I need to hear his voice. Right? And that expectation, that hope, that hunger, man, it pleases God. So here's my challenge for us. What if in the weeks ahead, on your drive here or in the morning when you woke up, or the night before when you went to bed, you took five minutes. Five minutes. And if you're serving on the ministry team, on the worship team, in the cafe, you're an usher, you're a greeter, you're working with kids, you're in the nursery, you're doing some other ministry around here, you took even five minutes. Maybe you're already doing this, but, but some aren't. And you, you said, Lord, prepare my heart. Prepare my heart, prepare my mind. Use me. Holy Spirit, fill me and pour me out on the service of people. 
Let me bring hope to someone today. Let me pray for a sick person. Let me encourage somebody that's downcast. Let me, let me be there for someone today. What if you, what if you said this, Father, help Doug. Help Pastor Raul, help Noah, whoever's speaking. Help him, Lord. Help him to speak with authority like they've never spoken before. Lord, help him to speak with a grace. Lord, for Drew and the team as they lead us in worship, rather than coming with, I want the worship team to carry me into the presence of God, which I want to tell you, this is what happens a lot of times, is the worship team's up here, and, and second service is a really good example of this. Worship team's up here, and they're starting. It's the first song and there's like 20 people in here. And we're here to sing to God. There's like 20 people in here. And by the third song, people are showing up. And then we go, why aren't we experiencing greater movements of God's spirit? Right? What if we came prepared? We showed up a little early. We got our coffee ahead of time. We came in here and we were ready from the first song. And we determined, I'm here to worship God. I'm here to meet God. I'm not just here to have a good concert and a good show. I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here as a critic and I'm not saying, well, you know, I, I kind of like the way the drums were right there and the guitar was. I like that song. I don't like that song. We don't come into the house of God measuring and, 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 and comparing everything to our personal preferences, but rather we come in and we say, how can I align myself with what God is doing in this place? Not try to make this place bend to my personal consumer preferences, but how can I align myself with what God's doing here and join God in a partnership for what he wants to do so that other people can be met and I can be met and my life can be changed? What if we approached our gathering that way and we just put a little prayer, a little preparation, and a little hope or expectation into our gathering? Can you imagine the kinds of things that would begin to happen? What if all of us showed up each week and we put even five minutes of prayer into our gathering and said, God, rock us, rock people, change lives, meet us, make yourself real to people, meet the skeptic, meet the cynic, meet the unbeliever, meet the, the atheist, the agnostic, the person who says they don't believe God exists. Just come along and rock them, Lord, because I've seen God do it. I've seen people enter this building unbelievers and leave going, God's real. And I want to tell you right now, you, are you aware? Are you aware? He's here. Do you feel him? Are you aware of him? He's here. And even right now, he wants to meet people. He wants to rock lives. He wants to change you. He wants you to taste and see that he's good. Did you know God is knowable? He wants to be your friend, your father. Jesus wants to be your brother. The Holy Spirit wants to be your helper, your comforter, your teacher, the one who comes alongside you and encourages and lifts you. Hey, God's here. God wants to be that to you. God's not mad at you. God's not mad at you. God loves you. He's after you. He's chasing you. The story of the gospel is the great pursuit of God. God pursuing humanity, chasing us down, and ultimately catching us at a Roman cross. 
dying for us and bearing our sin because he loved us so much. So what if, what if we came with a little bit more expectation, a little bit of prayer, and a little bit of preparation? What might God do? Maybe he'd awaken his church, he'd revive us, and we'd see hundreds or thousands of people in this region come to know him and be changed by his power.